Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. My guest today is Alina Pitts. Alina and the entire Pitts family are so near and dear to my heart, and I'm so grateful that I was able to sit down with her and hear more about what God is doing in her life. In our conversation, Alina shares about the pressure of success as a Gen Z teenager and reminding herself that what she does is not who she is. On top of some of the challenges of simply being a teenager, Alina tells us what it was like to walk through her biggest challenge, which was unexpectedly losing her mom, Winter. She dives into processing all the different levels of grief and how it became bearable solely because of Jesus. As a fellow Enneagram 6, Alina and I share that. I definitely relate to Alina in a lot of ways, especially worst case scenarios. But I love so much when Alina says... And I don't want you to miss it. So I'm going to tell it to you now. Listen up. When Alina says this, she said, what I had imagined as the worst case scenario was the worst case scenario at one point in my life. And I survived. I'm consistently impressed by Alina's wisdom and strength at such a young age. And I want to be such a cheerleader for her. She and my son, Caden, they're my favorite 16 year olds on the planet. We were able to travel to Rwanda together this year. I get to spend time with her there. And then she was also a guest on my quarantine videos on YouTube. We'll link to those in the show notes as well. Also, if you've had an opportunity to read my new book, You Be You, you might recognize her and her mom from chapter 10, which is called Faithful to the End. The whole last chapter was birthed from her mom, Winter, and her unexpected passing. In fact, I want to read a page to you from the book in the very last chapter. It says this, Winter at 38, had been alive on earth for around 14,000 days. And when I sum up her life, here's the phrase that comes to mind. She used her days well. Everyone who knew her would give you the same impression. It's the same story I hear from Jonathan, from her girls, from her cousins. It's what all of us say when we talk about winter. And it's the same thought that has stuck with me ever since her passing. I pray it never leaves me. I want to use my days well. When I go to be with Jesus, I want people to be able to say of me, Jamie was alive for whatever a number of days, and she used each one of them well. May the same be true for all of us. That's how my friend Winter lived, I can tell you that. She lived a life that mattered because she lived the life God had given her, utilizing the talents God had given her, speaking with the voice God had given her, making the most of the passions and desires God had given her. Better yet, she put them all into action right where she was not waiting for an opportunity to magically open up where she could finally turn them loose. And if you ask me, that's how you and I, like Winter, can be sure we come to the end of our days as the living pictures of success. I loved sharing the story about Winter in chapter 10 of my book. I was forever changed by her life and by her death, and it has reminded me that I want to be faithful to the end. Guys, speaking of reading the book, I would love to invite you to read with me. First of all, does anyone feel like the fall is just flying by? I mean, honestly, how are we 10 days away from Halloween? Quarantine life slowed us all down, which was so nice and so beautiful. And there are some moments that I think about those days in March and April where we were shut up in our house and it was stressful for sure, but it was kind of nice. 
Now, life just seems to be chaotic and full of noise for some of us. This got me thinking a couple of weeks ago about how can I create a way for us to all slow down and connect? Because you guys know I love connecting with you. I love to read. I love communities reading together. So we're going to have a read with me group. Do you love that? Read with me. If you want to know more about what we're going to do, text the words, read with me, no spaces, all those three words, squeeze them together, read with me, text it to 33777. That's read with me, no spaces to 33777. And you're going to be added to our read with me community. We're going to start out by reading UBU, which is the book I released just this month. I would love for you to find one person or two people or three people. Find somebody and say, hey, let's read this book together. We have a discussion guide already. And then at the end of four weeks, we're going to have a virtual hangout where you're going to be invited to join this community and talk about the book together with me. So to hang out with us reading this book together, text read with me to 33777. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Alina. Alina, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. Excited to be here. I can't believe you haven't been on the happy hour. I know. I think my dad has. Wasn't it wasn't he like has. one of the few men that he was the very first guy <laughs> besides oh, wow. my husband. That's awesome. Now, he was on before we had men on the show. Now we have men. Okay. Like, it's a thing. It's not a special guest. Okay. The happy hour door has been open to men. <laughs> you are welcome here. But your dad was the first guy besides my husband. Wow. Which mean I now have three people from your family on the show. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. As soon as your sisters yeah. start growing up, we'll just get them on. I and know. eventually, we'll have the entire Pitts clan on. I'm for it. Yes. You're for it. Yeah. In fact, you come from a family of... A lot of people that have, well, oh yeah, I've had two of your aunts on the show too. Okay. Yeah. This is just Evan's pits, like (laughs) free for all over here. People might be listening and they're like, who's Alina? So what do you say? Who's Alina? My name is Alina Pitts. Who I am is not what I do. However, what you might know me from is I was in the movie War Room like six years ago, which is crazy because it feels like yesterday. And I forget that like, oh, that's not really, people don't really remember. And you were a baby child. Yeah. I was like 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah. And then just over the years, God has given me opportunities to speak and sing and write and things like that. So I like how you said, what I do is not who I am. Yeah. I have to say it to my, I just, it's for me. I say it's it for, for me. you. Yeah. Why? Because I think it's easy to like, I was just at a couple of events and I hate the term influencer, but that's what I've become apparently. And when you go to these like influencer events, everyone just like introduces themselves as like, hi, I'm so-and-so and I do this. When I think like, I don't care what you do. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know who you are and I want you to know who I am. And so I say it for myself to remind myself. So how do you say who you are in a nutshell? Or is that too long of a, is that what That's we're going to get at the end of this conversation? <laughs> we're going to know who My you are. Soul. I don't know. I think I just like to talk to people and we can like, as we're talking, I think you'll start to get a picture of who I am as mm-hmm. a person. As I don't really know how to tell you who I am. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You know what I really think? I'm with you like on the term influencer. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. It makes people, it makes you feel like you have like more power than mm-hmm. every other person in the world. And I really want every woman to believe that they're all influencing yeah. somebody. You know what I mean? Like. Yep. Like you might be an influencer because you have a lot of followers on social media mm-hmm. or because you were in a movie or because you might sing and speak, but you also have a really big influence in your home yeah. with your three sisters, you know, or at your school previously when you were going to school, we're going to talk about that. But I just want every woman to know they have influence right where they are. Like they get to say, I'm an influencer yeah, and it might look different than, you know, a hundred billion Instagram followers. Yeah. It could be 
the people in your classroom, the people in your home, the people in your community. So everyone now needs to add influencer to their bio. Yeah. Can we, so we can get rid of like the elitist term <laughs> of influencer. Because everyone's an influencer. Yeah. Okay. When you mentioned you were in War Room, uh, side note, you and I went to Rwanda together. Yes, we did. Before the world shut down. Before the world shut down in January. Yeah. And does that not feel like... Ages ago. Ages ago. <laughs> a lot has happened since we yeah. went to Rwanda. That is so crazy. Yeah. But when we were in Rwanda, people would stop you. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> they knew you from War Room. Which is so weird because like here in the States, no one stops me anymore because it's kind of like faded. It's like passed on. But yeah. it's still a really big thing in like Africa and Jamaica. And I feel like, I don't think in Asia though. Why? I don't know. Maybe because like it is a predominantly black led mm-hmm. movie, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big deal, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It was so funny. My <laughs> son, Caden, who y'all are the same age, mm-hmm. he was with us on this trip as well. And we were both like, I think we should watch the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Cause he told me that you guys watched yeah, it. Yeah. We watched it. Like, we sent you a picture. Yeah. Why do you cringe? Because I was so little. I don't know. It does, just, it, does it, do you, do you look at that? Are you proud of that little girl? Yes, but I don't like to watch myself. Yeah. Like, especially not a movie. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do that again? Um, I'm not, like, actively pursuing it, like, doing the whole, like, moving to L.A. and that whole thing. But I would be open to the opportunity. Like, I would do it again you in were, a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, you yeah. would. I remember um, your mom telling me about when y'all did this. I didn't know your mom when you did the movie, but she was telling me about how she... Her and you moved for like the summer. Am mm-hmm. I right? Yes. To Louisiana. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> and your family lived in Dallas. Yes. And y'all lived there for how long? Like three months. But it was so fun. See, that's a really cool experience yeah. that you had. And it wasn't like, like Charlotte is a cool like town. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. There were lots of like families that lived there as well that we were friends with. So so it was like this extended yeah. vacation where you got to play movie so star fun. for different hours of the day. Yep. Yeah. Well, I look at that cute little (laughs) 10-year-old Alina and love it, but a lot has changed since then. I mean, that's, what, six years ago? Mm -hmm. I feel like that your life is not anywhere close to the same since those six years ago. Mm -hmm. A little over two years ago, you lost your mom, Winter, and uh, that's your dad was on the show. We talked about it. And in fact, you and your dad were a guest on our podcast, On the Other Side. Yes, we were. Yeah, where we talked about On the Other Side of Grief and how that's been. And it's interesting because we recorded that podcast, I don't know, January, February, Mm -hmm. again, before the world stopped. And here we are. This is releasing in October. We're recording in September. Do you feel that your grief is different than even January? For sure. (laughs) Let's talk about that because I know that grief... It's changing and moving and it comes like, I actually read a tweet today. Oh, actually it was on Instagram because I don't play on Twitter, but I read this and it said, grief is like standing with your back to the ocean and you know a wave's coming. You just don't know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. You feel that? That's a perfect depiction of okay. it. Okay. Yep. All right. So how was, what does 2020 with grief look like for you? Oh, it's been a roller coaster. I think it, there's just so many levels and it's just annoying because you're just like, can we be done with this? But at the same time, it's beautiful because there are so many different layers and you realize how complex life is and how you're impacted by things that like you didn't think you were impacted by. 
In January, I don't think I was in a good place. When we did the recording, I think I was in a way harder spot. We recorded on your mom's birthday. Okay, yes, that is you what happened. You had just come from counseling. Yeah. When I found out you had just from counseling, I was like, Dad, this is going to be the worst interview time because I, counseling <laughs> is like, like draining. Me, it's draining. You go in, it's like a boxing match, and then you get out. When yeah. I go to counseling, I literally want to go to bed after. Yeah. Like, I'm done. And so then y'all had to do that interview with me, but then y'all were going to celebrate your mom's birthday. Yeah. I think it kept me very real and authentic because it was just like, I'm already there, mm-hmm. so I can't go anywhere else. But I think during that time, it was just hard. I was in school. It was like, sophomore year was a really hard year just in general. And so I think I was just exhausted and like very just emotional. And now I feel pretty good about life. Like it's hard. There are hard moments and places, but it's not like a constant like, ugh, don't want to be here. You know, like I'm excited, which is different. Why was sophomore year hard? I don't know. It was just one of those Because you started years. a new school freshman year. Yes. Which, I mean, this is just, whenever you tell this story when you're older, people are going to be like, what? So you, your mom passes away in July. Mm-hmm. You move like two weeks later. You start a brand new school as a freshman in high school. Yep. Well, this is what happened. We had moved kind of, like yeah. bought the house. So my mom got to see it. We went back home for like a home going party or whatever. And then she passed away or what is it called? A going away party. Mm-hmm. And then she passed away. We moved back like a week and a half later and started school two days later. After oh. that. And looking back, I'm just like, what the heck? Like, I don't know how I survived. Like it was God. It was like you were just on yeah. autopilot and you pretty just much. Were just- yeah, because I was just talking to someone about that today. I was like, I couldn't do that now. Like, I don't think I could do that Well, here's now. the question. Could you, though? Because you look back and you're like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. That that's what our life was, and that's what we did. Yeah. yeah. And yet somehow you did it, Yeah, and somehow you survived. It's true. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's always hard because you're like, I could never do that. I was telling a story to someone the other day, and I was talking about a guest who'd been on the show. And she was saying, I just don't know how I would survive that if that happened. And I was like, I know we all think that, but then you get in the situation mm-hmm. and somehow you do. I'm like, you better survive. Yeah. I mean, like three <laughs> years ago, like your thoughts of, I don't know how I would survive if I lost my mom. Yeah. And it's not by any means that you like what's happening in your life or yeah. that you wouldn't want your mom back, but you're surviving. Yeah. It's weird because like I totally have, I'm a six on the Enneagram. Me and too. So I've thought of anybody dying like pretty much my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. And so like... What I had imagined, like the worst case scenario was like the worst case scenario at one point in my life and I survived. And you survived. So, okay. Yeah. Here's my question as an Enneagram six, cause okay. I'm an Enneagram six. I have imagined, like you said, I've imagined everybody in my family dying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you ever do this. Like if Aaron's in the car with like one of the kids, I would imagine what would our life be like without those two? Like I like go through every scenario or if I'm yeah. out of town, I'm like, what if something happened to me like, yeah. as a six? <laughs> We're the worst. It's terrible. We're so very morbid. I always say, like, if I said everything that came to my mind, someone would, like, turn me into, like, a psych ward. Alina, and, like, this is me, too. This is exactly me. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I do say it out loud to Aaron, and he's like, I've never thought that in my entire life. Yeah. And I'm like, babe, I know. So here's my question. As an Enneagram 6, who you and I both have gone through scenarios of what it would feel like, what it would be like to lose someone, and then you actually had to walk through those steps, mm-hmm. you know, as a 14-year-old girl... Yeah. It's not even what we would imagine, is it? No. No, Your imagining did not help you? No. Okay. Not at all. (laughs) It never helps. Mm -hmm. It probably, it disappoints me or it like makes me really happy because it ended up being a lot better than I expected. I don't know. Grief was a lot more, I don't know. I think because I have Jesus, it's also like way different than what I thought it was going to be What do you mean by that? Like it was so morbid and like death is just not normal. But at the same time, like I was like breathing and I had this like hope. Like, yes, it sucked, but like, 
I knew I was going to be okay, you know, like, and I knew my mom was okay. Like I was able to like rest in the fact that she's okay. And I think when I was imagining all of that, I don't think I had Jesus in the picture. Like it was just like this morbid, scary thing. Yeah. But I'm glad I had Jesus. Okay. So so. I have a question for you about that. When we did our on the other side interview, Mm -hmm. you said the first year you were angry. You were really angry a lot. You're still angry. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You're still angry, but but you're probably, are you less angry? Less angry at that. Now I'm just angry at other things. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll continue with my question, okay. even if it doesn't make sense now. I, you told me that you were really angry that first year. Mm-hmm. And you also just said that you had this hope and that that's how you got through it. Mm-hmm. How do those two coexist? I don't know. I don't. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I but you know. lived it. So. Yeah. They just did. They just did. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Like, it's just this, like, this hope that you have that even though you're not expressing this hope, like, it's just there. Like, I don't know how to describe. Yeah. Like, he's just there. Like, it sucks booty and -hmm. it's going to be terrible, but like, I'm going to be okay. Mm. Even if I'm not telling myself like that, but I can just feel his presence. I don't know. It's so good. I think I've had experiences like that too, where I've walked through things and you're like, it doesn't make sense. It's really hard. I don't want to ever do it again. It's like how they say like, a peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that makes sense until you walk through something really yeah. difficult and you're like, peace doesn't mean that you're not like angry or upset oh gosh, about it. I've, this is my revelation. Tell me. Like recently, the past month, I was, what's the verse? Something in Isaiah, I think, he who keeps his eyes on the Lord, he keeps him in perfect peace or mm-hmm. something like that. And I always just imagine perfect peace being like still, like I don't feel any sort of anxiety. But I'm, what I'm realizing is like, it's having that anxiety and amidst it, like being okay and like mm-hmm. trusting God. And so I don't know, like, yeah, I think that the closest we're ever going to get to like perfect peace on earth is like still having anxiety and like crazy thoughts and whatever, but just knowing that like God's got you. Mm. Like, I think it's just trusting despite what you feel. Like, I don't know that I'll experience that form of perfect peace until heaven. Trusting despite what you feel mm-hmm. because our feelings can be they can be overbearing sometimes, our feelings, but then we can still trust. You talk a little bit about anxiety, and I know you've kind of walked through some anxiety. Did you struggle with anxiety before your mom passed away? I think yes. Like, I'm just kind of an anxious person, but I didn't, like, I had, like, panic attacks and things after my mom passed. You did? Okay, after? Yeah, not before. And I wouldn't have recognized it as that until after. Do you remember your first panic attack? Yeah, it was freshman year, probably, like, the third week of school, and I just stopped going to school altogether for, like, a while just because I couldn't handle it. And I think it was just this like, oh my gosh, all these people's lives are normal and they're okay. And my life is like spinning out of control is what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And so I just like couldn't breathe and I freaked out and I didn't like, I didn't say it was that because I just hate labeling things. Like, I don't know. And it sounds weak. Like if you're like, Hey, I had a panic attack, but I went to counseling. I talked to her about it and she was like, that's a panic attack. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> We talked a little yeah. bit about that on the other side, and I know I keep referencing, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened, you guys go back and listen, because it's you and your dad together, which I thought was a really yeah. fun dynamic. But there is this idea and this struggle when someone walks through something, and the only thing I can remember that I can relate this to in my own life is when we were walking through our adoption of our kids in Haiti, mm-hmm. and we would go to Haiti, and we would see them, and then we would come home without our kids. Mm-hmm. And I would look around, and I'm like, wait, y'all are still going on a date? And y'all are still going to preschool? Like, my kid is in another country. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how... Your life is moving and my life has stopped. And that's a really hard place to be in. Did you have, as a 14-year-old, besides your counselor and besides people in your house, Mm -hmm. did you have any kind of friend at that age that could understand that or that could walk through that with you? No. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so family-oriented. 
Like, I think now I'm branching out, but I just, like, family is everything. Yeah. Like, I, if someone asked me to hang out, I'd be like, no, I'm going to stay with my family. Yeah. So, yeah. That's hard. I mean, did your mm-hmm. sisters? No. Yeah, I think now we have people, but... Right then, early on. Yeah, no. And you're new. You're in this brand new city. Yeah. So it was, it was weird because everyone was, like, trying to help us. And, like, I think we came here to Nashville to heal. So everyone has been, like, very, like, hospitable and all the things. But it just doesn't... The reasons there being that are not, like, pleasant reasons for me, which makes it hard to, like, accept the help and accept the love. Because what would be a pleasant reason? I don't know. Like, not my mom not being here, you know? Like... I see what you're saying. Like, you don't want it because it reminds you and it means the reason that you need help is because your mom's not here. Yeah. It's interesting. Never thought about that. Yeah. But it's a constant reminder. Mm. Wow. What was one of the, like, as, you know, there's a lot of people listening and... We're all going to know people who are going to walk through this like overwhelming grief. Mm-hmm. You have, I will, everybody will. You're two years out. What was like the best thing anybody did for you? I think just allowed me to like have space, but like was there. I don't know how to, like they weren't like texting me every day and like, hey, can we, let's go to lunch. It was like the really persistent people that I would just get like really exhausted and angry at. But it was the people that were like in the corner, like just there. Yeah. Like if you do want to yell or you do, they're fine. like you can. Yeah. So I think it was those people that weren't, like I think we get nervous because we don't know what to do if you've never experienced it. So then you just try really hard when in reality, like someone just wants to be able to be themselves and like just you be present. Yeah. I don't know. Have you, as the oldest in your family, I feel like there's like all of this pressure sometimes on the oldest. Mm, um, I'm an sure. oldest child. You're an oldest child. And you and your family, you and your sisters walk through something at such a young age that most people won't walk through until their 50s or 60s of losing a mm. parent. Have you felt an obligation to kind of be really strong for your three sisters? Yes, but I was directed not to, and I just didn't listen. Uh, you know, Crystal. Yes. Okay. So the, we were in the hospital the night my mom had passed away. It like just found out like just really morbid, weird moment. And Crystal comes up to my ear and she's just like, don't be their mom, be their sister. And like, just kept whispering that. And like, I won't ever forget it. And so I think she's the reason I'm okay for like to some extent, because I totally would just like take on their burdens and like, but that wouldn't help any of us. They would just resent me more, you know? So it's just like, I don't know. I hear that. And How I, did Crystal know that wisdom in that moment? She's crazy. She has crystallisms and things. You know, you hear <laughs> stories like that and you're like, I don't know if I would be thinking that, you know, yeah. like it was also really brave of her. I mean, she yeah. loves you and y'all are family. So it's not like, mm-hmm. there's no concern over is Alina going to be mad if I step in? Like oh, she she's like family. I mean, she's <laughs> yeah. family for real. What a beautiful, bold thing for her to tell yeah. you. I'm so grateful for it because. So did you do that? For the most part. Okay. Or like if I get ahead of myself and I forget, like I hear her. And I'm like, Mm. Alina, stop. Because it doesn't help anything. Like, my sisters don't like feeling controlled. And that's what that feels like when you try to mother them and you're not their mom. But there have been moments where they're like, stop being my mom. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I don't know. They just want me to be their sister. That's probably a really thin line, though, because it might feel like you're mothering when you're like, I'm just being a big sister. Like, this is kind of what big sisters do as well. Yeah. Oh, that was so smart of Crystal. Yeah. Love her so much. She's the best. I'm reading your dad's new book. Mm. Have you read it? No. Are you going to read it? I think so. My I don't read have, any of read my, my books. I yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not into that. <laughs> but I might read it just because it's like, it's the one about like 
my our witch. life, his recent life. My wit here, hold on. Oh, you have like the thing. I, have I haven't even seen this. Stop it. <laughs> no. Wait. I'm not very involved in my parents' work life. I never have been. But Well, you wrote books with your mom. Yeah. You were a kid. Okay, do you want to see the cover? Yeah. This, is your dad going to be mad that I'm the one that showed this to you? No, he doesn't. Are you sure? He probably did show me, and I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it is. My winter season. Oh, okay. I've seen parts of it. I never saw it, like, finished out. Oh, wow. See, I kind of want to read it just because, like, it is about something interesting, but at the same time, I feel like it'll just be really sad. It will be really sad for you. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, and I think, because he's asked me about on the airplane. Yeah, because your dad walks through that. I'll give it some like months. Give it some time. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like right here. So look, I'm like halfway. I'm gonna finish it before this weekend. But yeah, it's about him and your mom. I know, which is crazy. My winter season, which first of all, brilliant title, title, Jonathan Pitts. So great. Yeah, so great. Okay, so you are doing online school now. Mm -hmm. Does it have anything to do with grief and life, or does it have a lot to do with anything else? I think it has a lot to do with wanting the freedom to do what I'm passionate about. And I, I don't know, I just feel like I've been sitting on a lot of things and like dreams and passions because I don't want to do them because I'm just like, it's easier not to. And then also like, there's a lot of distractions. And I feel like for me, school was just a distraction. And I've never enjoyed school. Like, it's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. I get all A's, but like, just because I'm like an achiever, not because I enjoy it. Yeah. And so... I don't know, like sitting in a classroom for eight hours. I was like, if I don't have to do that, why would I? Especially after quarantine. I think that was like the perfect like trial run. I was like, okay, I can work with this. this. Yeah. Yeah. What are those passions and stuff that you're sitting on that you want to explore? Um, Definitely music. Um, I don't know. I think the past two years I've been singing like one song at events and things just like as kind of my testimony. Um, and I've realized, like, oh, I want to, like, record and, like, do things in the studio and write music. Um, so that, I don't really say that out loud often. That's weird coming out of my mouth. You feel good about that? I think so. Yeah. Is it, why does it feel weird to say it? I don't, I don't know. Okay, here's why things feel weird for me. And you can tell okay. me this why it feels weird for you. Because I think if I say something out loud and then I fail. Yeah. People are going to be like, hmm. Yeah, exactly. Do you feel that way? Or or I'm just like, what if I wake up tomorrow and want to do something else, but yeah. I committed on Jamie Ivey's podcast <laughs> to do this. Now I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is not the end all be all, so you're yeah. good to go. So, but music. I think so, yeah. Have you been writing? Yes. I'm terrible at finishing songs. Yeah. I'm trying to learn the discipline of like yeah. finishing. But I think that's part of the creative process, yeah. right? Is to just write and write and write and do it and do it and do it yeah. and see what happens. I love that. Uh, Okay, I want to switch gears for just a second. Okay. You are 16. Mm -hmm. Being 16 is hard. Yeah. I'm just, uh, is that an agreeance or you think so? I think being 16 is hard. I've enjoyed it so far, but it is hard because it's hard because you're trying to like gain this freedom and your parents are like scared to death, especially if you're the oldest. And so there's like this tug of war of like, I don't know. For me, it's just been like, I want to make sure my dad knows that I like respect him. But I also want freedom, but I respect him and I love him and I don't want him to be scared that I'm going to like go and do something crazy. I think that's why it's been hard for me. Well, I mean, we're recording this downtown Austin, uh, downtown Austin. I wish you were in Austin. I know, I wish. We we would not be recording. You'd be at my house having dinner with us. Um, We're downtown Nashville. Yeah. And you drove down here. Yes. And you're all by yourself. And I was like, did you drive down here all by yourself? I mean, Mm -hmm. like I'm this new mom of a driver and you're like, yeah. 
I'm, I'm owning yeah. it. I'm doing it. Here's where I think 16 is hard. And you can tell me if this has okay. been difficult for you. What I'm about to say is also hard at 42. So this is like not anything new. But I think there's this tension right now that isn't new by any means that we've seen this for years and years and years. But this idea of like, am I good enough compared to her? Or what does my life look like as far as like my gifts and my talent, this comparison thing. Mm -hmm. Is that something that has been a struggle for you with looking around at friends, peers, even people doing what you think you want to do one day and struggling with, is she better than me? I want to say yes, because I feel like that'd be the right answer. But comparison really isn't like... It's not your thing. Uh Uh-uh. What is your thing? I, I don't know anxiety or like anger or like I don't know it's I think I compare my comparison is like gosh I wish my mom was here to be like her mom you know I think that's my form of comparison because my life is so like not ordinary at like in any area I think it's hard to compare it to much yeah like it's not I don't know and then like looking at singers and people like that I think it just like inspires me like inspires you to do better Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is hard about being a teenager? Um, hmm. Because although a, I might not have a lot of your age group listening to the happy hour, mm-hmm. I have a lot of moms yeah. who are parenting your age. And so... I'd say there's a lot of pressure, just like in general. Like there's a lot of pressure everywhere. Um, and specifically like lately I've been doing a bunch of like Gen Z thingies like the influencer thingies or whatever. And just like hearing what people expect of this next generation, like sometimes it's like really depressing. They like just hate on us and bash us and whatever. Or they're like, y'all better change the world or else. Like there's a lot and on so your shoulders here. It's just here. a lot. And I'm just like, I don't know that I want to be responsible for that. Um, and then I just think in general, like looking at my friends and things like that, a lot of it's just like this pressure to like succeed and be good and do the right thing, and do the best thing, and, like, a lack of understanding. Like, I think, because people are just fed up at this point of just in general, Mm -hmm. and so I think there's just, like, a lack of grace, which then results in, like, your child having a lack of grace on themselves Mm. as well. I think that's my thing. I don't have grace for myself or other people. That's my thing. Struggle handing out grace. Yeah. To the world and to you. Yeah, because I think because I'm not good at it, like giving it to myself, I'm not good at giving mm, it to other people. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this pressure to succeed. Mm-hmm. If there's this pressure on this next generation, because for me, I look at your generation and the one right before you and just go, I'm cheering you on. Like, I'm so excited for what's ahead. I'm so mm-hmm. excited for what you guys are going to do for you and your age group and girls in their 20s. I'm just like, you guys, mm-hmm. you can change the world. Yeah. And it's not this like, listen, I'm going to need you to change the world because (laughs) we have really messed it up. But it's more of this like, I believe there's something really, really good ahead. The days ahead for Mm -hmm. this generation, for your generation, for the girls in their 20s is really good. Does that feel like pressure? No, that's exciting. Hearing you talk about it like that, it excites me. Like I have chills. I'm like, Oh, yay, yes. But it's the like derogatory tone towards like just the fed up. I think it's easy to be fed up right now. Mm -hmm. And so just like, And I think a lot of it, especially with the race thing going on and just like the younger generation being the leaders of a lot of those Mm -hmm. things, I think it's easy to like only see the bad in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, this is do this. Yeah. Because there's people ahead of me that are in their fifties and their sixties that are doing that to me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like as 
women, especially Christ followers, we have this kind of obligation. Well, I mean, scripture says it to like bring up the younger generation and yeah. to cheer them on and to mentor them and teach them the ways. And so it's exciting for me. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like for you right now to be a 16 year old black woman? It's a lot of just like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. There's the pressure. There's the pressure. There's the like people reaching out to want to talk to you about it. And then also this like, I don't really want to talk about it. And then there's also like, but I need to talk about it because if I don't, who's going to? So I don't know. And then also just like battling ignorant people's comments Mm -hmm. and things. It's just like exhausting, Yeah, I think. So I think for me, sometimes I just like disconnect because it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. After we, I don't know if you saw our family on Emmanuel Achos. Yes, I did. Do you know the Achos? Because... Kind of. They, I he don't, does I don't stuff know. at OCBF, I think. Yes. Yeah. So he knows Priscilla and Priscilla, Crystal, yeah. and the brothers. I said the brothers. I'm sorry. They Jonathan have names. Jonathan yeah. Anthony. The brothers. We call our boy like the brothers. Like, okay, yeah. so there we go. He's friends with all them. Mm-hmm. And so I bet that yeah. he knew your mom and dad. Anyhow, after we went on that show, Uncomfortable mm-hmm. Conversations with a Black Man, my kids are 16, 15, 14, and 12. And a lot of people would say, like, I'm so proud of your kid. And I was so proud of them. Like, mm-hmm. I was so proud of them. Like, I was just like, you yeah. guys did amazing. I was on there just cheering oh, you on. Oh, I'm so proud of you. But a lot of people have asked, like, how was it with them having conversations like that? Mm-hmm. And I always remind them, I'm like, my kids are, like, just living their kid lives. Yeah. Like, Aaron and I have these conversations. And we have jobs where we have these conversations. But my boys, they're just like, yeah. when's football practice? Can mm-hmm. we play Fortnite? And what's a snack? You know, yeah. what's for a snack? <laughs> and so it's not their everyday world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if you're kind of feeling that tension a little bit, even though yeah. you're a lot different than my boys, Alina, because. <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel the tension of like, even when like everything first started happening and like people were posting and people were like shaming you if you didn't speak out because Instagram is the only way to speak out apparently. And so I think. I didn't say anything for a long time. I'm also a very slow processor. So I was just like, if I get on here and say something, I'm going to get a lot of backlash because I'm really angry. And so I just had to process for a while. And then I finally got on and said something. And I think it just, now it's just like, if I'm not saying something, like I have this following and these people that are like looking up to me and like wanting to know what I have to say. And so a lot of it is just like, but I don't want to say anything, but I need to, because if I'm not, I'm not stewarding my whatever well, you know? So I don't know. Also, I think a lot of it is just like getting lost in like people, but in reality, like God matters and like nothing else really does. It's so true. So I don't know. And they're expecting you because you're, remember Alina, you're an influencer. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's an influencer. Everyone's an influencer. One thing you told me is that going to Rwanda, we went to Rwanda. Mm -hmm. You said that was pretty healing for you in some ways and traveling and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I know that your mom had traveled to Africa as well. What other things in like recent days do you look at and go, that was way better than I expected. And I feel like that did a little something in me, like a little step towards healing. Just like time with my sisters. Mm. Like I'll just like take one of them to coffee I or something like that. that. Yeah. And that's really healing. Like as much as I'm pouring into them, like they're pouring into me just as much, I guess. So it's just healing. I don't know, to sit there. And like I was talking to my youngest sister, the baby of the family, and she asked me some question and I just started kind of like ranting, but not ranting, but like unfiltered ranting a little bit. And I was just like, Alina, you got to stop. She's your baby sister. And then she goes, can I pray for you? Like at coffee. And that was just like, it's just a moment of like, wow, you know, I don't know. Like I feel, sometimes I feel the pressure of like, 
the mom pressure or whatever, I guess, just to make sure they don't go crazy. And I don't know, it was comforting to just know, like, they're going to be okay. And so she cares good. about me and wants to pray for me. How old is she? So is healing. 11. Yeah. It was the best. That's how old you were when you were a little movie star mm-hmm. in the war room. Yeah. And she looks just like me when, She really does. Yeah. Oh, it's that's weird. special. And how old are your other sisters? Well, they're twins. We call Olivia the baby just because she acts like the baby. And she is the youngest of the twins. Oh, and okay. Then, yeah. You call her the baby, though, but there's... Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Because Cameron is just so not the baby. She's okay. 11, too, but she's just like... I don't know. She seems like just like really independent. Okay. Like wouldn't be a twin. Okay. And then Katie's 13. So 11, 13, 16. I forgot the twins were last. Yeah. Okay. Was the baby born last? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just wondering. I mean, the twins. And it was like a two hour difference. So I just feel like there's something about that that just makes her more of a baby. I don't know. She's the baby. Yeah. She's taking care of. Yeah. That's really cool that you can look and see that and see. You're seeing them grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've had to walk through the same thing you have to walk through, yeah. you know, and it's just looking different. I love watching you kind of grow into these passions that you have. You mentioned music. Anything mm-hmm. else? Or is this your main thing? I love writing, but I don't know that, first of all, like when people say they want me to write a book. Have you had I a lot of people come to you and say that? Not pub- not actual publishers. Well, I did write a book, like three books with my mom, but yeah. like one about my life. My daughter's story just read one, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yay. Mm-hmm. On my Instagram, people will DM me and like be like, you should write a book. Okay, Your writing gets her so great. I don't feel wise enough. I don't feel like I've lived enough life. Like, I don't know that I would want to write a book right now and then put it out and like 30 years later, like read over it and be like, girl, you had no, no idea, was- you know? Like, I don't want that. So I don't know that I would want to write a book. But I want to find some, maybe it's just still Instagram, like, because I love doing like really long captions mm-hmm. that mean a lot. It just comes naturally for me, and that is healing. And so I don't know that it's like a blog. I don't know that people really do blogs much anymore. So maybe it's just like keep doing the Instagram. Instagram thing. is like, yeah. it's not a joke. Like, that's a real way that people are communicating yeah. and writing and doing things. And so that's not, you don't need to take that lightly. It's like, I guess yeah. I'll just keep doing Instagram. I think that's a really great way for you to minister to people and, and encourage and pour out your feelings and write through that. Also, just a side note, mm-hmm. it does not matter how old you are when you write a book. There will, 30 years will pass. <laughs> you'll still be and like, you'll still be like oh, what was yeah. I thinking? So let that be a little bit That's of an encouragement true. to you. Unless you yeah. write a book and you're like 90, you know, mm-hmm. you might be on, you might be good to go. But yeah. I surely think I'll look back in 10 years and be like, Wow. Interesting. So you wanted to put that out into the world, <laughs> huh, Jamie? That's interesting. That's interesting. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's, but you got to do, you got to just do what you are called to do. Yeah. Your dad, look at him putting out another book. I know. I was like, go you. Go you, dad. Excited. Yeah. Go you. Alina, I want to know what are you loving these days and what are you reading? Loving just in general. Like, I'll tell you what I'm loving. Um, uh, first of all, I love these new sneakers. They're cute. I was Thank looking you. at them. I wear them all the time. Um, yeah. I think I want, I went through a st- stage where I wanted to wear like wedges and stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what stage I'm in right now? Sneakers. Sneakers. Me too. And you know what my body is saying? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because this is way more comfy. I mean, yeah. like sneakers where you're like, you have like a nice jacket, nice jeans, and then sneakers. Mm-hmm. I see people do that. It's and I'm cute. like, I'm doing that. Yeah. So I'm loving sneakers. So that kind of thing. Like, what are you loving these okay. days? I know you can't tell from my face right now. However, because I ran out of this product and I just did, I like took too long to go and buy more. I now did. So I'm in the process of like getting better. But this, what is it? Exuviance glycolic foam face wash. Okay. 
the best thing I've ever. Why? Like, so good. It just, my face is like literally flawless when I'm using it oh. and I don't know what it is. Like it's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. But I ran out and got really stressed out. So now I have pimples on my forehead and I'm like, come on, please work. <laughs> please work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And then what else am I loving? Nature. Like I've just loved like traveling outside and doing outdoor things lately. What's your out? You're an outdoorsy girl. Mm-hmm. What do you love to go do? I like kayaking. Oh. I like hiking. I like, like I was just in uh, Bryce Canyon, which is in Utah, uh-huh. and like anything like that. It was just so I've beautiful. never been to Utah. Okay, it's... People in Utah, I want to come see you. I've never been. Yeah. Did you go do an event there? Yes. The, it was like an influencer thing, but I was promoting a thing over Instagram. And so, but while I was there, I was just like, why not go and like look at how beautiful so Utah glad. is? Yeah. So you're loving yeah. hiking in nature. Anything mm-hmm. else? Jeans. I used to hate jeans and now I'm really into What them. did you wear? Like gym shorts. But now that I have to like wear clothes. <laughs> that makes me laugh so yeah. much. So now that I wear clothes and things, I like jeans a lot. So. Where do you get your jeans from? I love Madewell. <gasps> These yeah. are Madewell right here. Really? Yeah. I have this pair of don't tell my daddy or actually my mom would kill me up in heaven. <laughs> but I had I got these pair of like $70 jeans, but I could see in my head I was like I need to cut them. Like I can see it in my head like how cute they'll be if I cut them. And like you don't cut Madewell jeans mm-hmm. that like cost a mm-hmm. lot of money. But I went home and I was just like I bought them and I'm not going to wear them like this, so I need to cut them and I cut them and it worked out perfectly. Are these the ones you have on? No, no they're okay. white. And oh, they're white and they're so pretty. I think, here's the deal. I was telling someone this the other day. This is a little advice for Mm. all you listening. I think it's probably okay to spend a lot of money on jeans. Oh, for sure. Because. So much more comfortable. They fit you you better. We wear them so often. Yeah. And shoes too. Yeah, that too. And a bra. Like I'm listing all these things. Anything. (laughs) Anything that you spend a lot of time in people, it's okay to spend the money on it. Like you don't need 15 pairs of jeans. Yeah. You know. Like three good pairs. You need three good pair and you're good to go. Yeah. What are you reading these days? Right now I'm reading The Problem with Pain by C.S. Lewis, which is like... Is it about grief? Um, no. I did read A Grief Observed. I just finished that. Okay. Did you like it? Yes. I'm not a big C.S. Lewis fan. Oh, oh, I know. I love it. Just throw the apples at me. I'm sorry. Is I it was, too much? It's it's hard for my brain okay. to understand. And besides, he's Narnia, right? Uh, I think so. Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Yes. And all that. So I've read all those with my kids. Okay. Great. Love those. But that grief book, it felt like it was like just stream of conscious like writing and I couldn't pay attention mm-hmm. which I think it was I think that's why I follow it because... <laughs> but I think he was writing this was like yeah. really grief after his wife died right mm-hmm. yeah so you liked it yes I love stream of conscience yeah okay so you're reading another book by I'm him? reading the problem with pain okay yeah which is like it's harder to read it's a lot and he gets like kind of theological a bit and I like the way he writes because I feel like I think the way he thinks I can follow it okay but this book is a handful Okay. I say. Yeah. All right. What's the best book you've read besides that recently? Recently? I went through a phase of like reading stuff during quarantine. Just a bunch of like Nicholas Sparks things. Look at you. All the love stories. Yes. They're just like feel good. Like you just have to like be happy. That's what I needed. I needed to be happy. Except all of his end kind of depressing. Like everyone kind of dies or like something like that. He's the notebook, right? Yes. Have you read the notebook or just seen the no, movie? No, I've seen like half the movie. Okay. I watched it on the way to Rwanda and fell asleep like the notebook. Through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, it's cute. I'm trying to think when I can show story. It might have some sex in it though. She's 12. Just fade through or just I fast forward. Yeah. Has she seen like while you were sleeping? 
No. Or I want to show her all these kind of movies. Like, what did we watch? Oh, we watched Reese Witherspoon, Legally Blonde. Okay. And then we watched Legally Blonde 2. Okay. And then we watched one. Oh, and we watched Runaway Bride with okay. Julia Roberts. I love that one. I know. So <laughs> there's like Aaron and the boys were out of town for something. And I was like, I'm going to show you these romantic comedies mm-hmm. that are classic that you cannot leave our house until you've seen them all. So yeah. what's your favorite romantic comedy? Honestly, Runaway Bride, While You Were Sleeping. Uh-huh. My aunt has been really good about just like making us watch all of those. <laughs> and they're so good. Your aunt that's living with you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sweet. Elena, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're my favorite 16-year-old girl in the whole world. Oh, thanks. I know. How many do you know? (laughs) I know quite a few. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But in all seriousness, thank you for coming on. It's really such a joy to see you blossom from afar. And thanks for talking about the hard things. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. What a joy to sit down and talk with Alina. I love her and admire her and respect her and understand that she's a teenager who's been through a lot of hard things, but I am here cheering her on. And I hope that if you are an older woman like me, I'm in my forties, maybe you're in your fifties or your sixties or your thirties. If we're older than 20 year olds, let us be women who are constantly cheering them on. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Guys, don't forget, I would love for you to grab a friend and read UBU together. Read it together. Talk about it together. I always say life is better together. So let's read together. If you want more information about this fun group that we're going to have called Read With Me, text read with me all one word no spaces to 33777 we're going to invite you into a fun virtual conversation at the end of the four weeks of reading together so i would love for you to join us guys enjoy your week share the show with a friend share the book you be you and invite them to read with you have a happy hour I'll be back with you on Friday with a guest so many of you know and love, Ian Morgan Cron, and he's going to talk all about empathy and his new project, the Typology Institute for Deeper Study of the Enneagram. See you guys then. 